First thing I'm going to ask you is please put away your phone. Do not let the light of it, a shake of it, or a vibration distract you from what God is going to reveal to you today. Uh, Anthony said that I spend time praying and reading. Yes. Like the song that said, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. What do I ask God? What is my prayer to him? Lord, teach me the truth and reveal to me who you are in me, who I am in you. And this is what this is about, the ultimate revelation. This is the ultimate revelation to the body of Christ. In order to touch the depths of Christ, you must become aware or familiar with the spiritual realm. You must become aware of the invisible realm that a part of you belongs to. I would like to ask everybody to stand up. I am going to read this verse and pray. Ephesians 1.3 says, You have been given all the riches of the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. Again, you have been given all the riches of heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Father, this is your truth, not mine. I pray that you will open up the eyes that Jesus speaks about when he was walking the earth. Open up the eye of understanding, the eye of revelation, as you reveal to your bride who she is, who she was, and who she's always been, and who she will be. Lord, I pray that every heart, that all distractions, every thoughts of being somewhere else will be thrown out this room by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let hearts feel heavy and released. And for the first time, Lord, for those of us who have never understood what your word is talking about, may you show in a picture way, in a story way, in a revelation way what you've always wanted for all human beings. We love you and we praise you. And we say, amen. You may have a seat. Today I want to speak to those who are seekers. I want to speak to the spiritually poor. This, what, what is a spiritually poor person? A spiritually poor person understands that they need God. A spiritually poor person 
know if they can't live without God, operate without God, make choices without God, all dependency is upon God. Every day in your choices, when you wake up, it should all depend on God. The New Testament often makes references to the spiritual realm. But those references are mostly overlooked. They're not talked about. It is not an easy subject for us human beings to talk about the spiritual realm. But the problem is, is that the Bible is full and opens the door for you to look inside. Most of us don't see it because we're caught up in our ways or our religion or our formality. We think we got this figured out. And today God says, no, I need to show you who you really are who you always been been in the past and before the past, before time even began. Today we're going to take a journey back. Back in time, before time, to a place that we can't really call a place. It's a place without dimension. It's a place that has no ups or downs. You can't define it as a real place. Where is this place, you may ask? Let's journey into God before creation. And let's talk about what was God doing before time even began. All these themes are in the word of God and revealed through the spirit if you just listen to what the spirit is saying like Jesus used to say let him who has ears let him hear what the spirit is saying not what Jose is saying to you but what the spirit is saying to you today so today I want to talk to you about the ultimate revelation as the body of Christ who you really are, who you always were. So as we journey back into what we can't even call a place, because this is God, and in the center of God is Christ. It's not Christ and nothing. It's not Christ and the void. Christ is the all. But what was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit doing before they even created? You might ask, some of us have asked that question. Where, you know, uh, uh, many of us have unexplainable questions that only God can answer, and maybe some of them will be answered to you today. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the endlessness, in the innate part of God, which is endlessness and eternity within himself, they were fellowshipping. 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost were fellowshipping. It's hard for us to understand that because we're trapped in a 70-year time span and we cannot understand an infinite, endless God that does not move in time or is trapped in time like some of us might think. Let us explore that. I want to talk to you about God being very active before creating. There's a lot of things that happen before the Lord created, and they're all in the scripture. In this world, this world is full of symbols, it's full of types, and it's full of shadows. But in God, it's the only place that we can say that everything is real. Because everything that is created is a symbol of what reality is. And so, here on earth, we see the symbols that represent Christ. Here in the earth, we have gold, right? We have gold. But on the earth, which is made of mass, protons, and whatever other elements they have in it. But in God, Christ is the real gold. The sun we see is a symbol and a picture of who Christ is. The moon that you see is a picture and a type of who Christ is. You and me are a symbol and a type of what reality is. But there's more to it. Before Christ's creation into existence, there was a lot of things he did. There was a lot of things he did. So let's just say that the Godhead called a council together and colluded with each other that portions of Christ, portions of Christ, would be destined, predestined, and predetermined in Christ for some marvelous destiny. God worked out that plan before time and made sure that your salvation and mine would be dealt with before he created everything. Hard to understand, right? Because we live in the here and now. But the Bible talks so much about things that Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. The ones that you gave me before, I didn't lose any. Let's talk about that because it's in Scripture. The Bible says, the Bible says in
in Ephesians 1, 4, it says, for he chose us in him. Before what? The creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in what? In love. First verse that I told you was, you have been given all the riches in the heavenly realms. Paul and the early church understood this. This is why they, they were driven crazy for Christ because they knew that who they were in Christ was worth living and dying for. He, Christ, chose us in him before the creation of the world to be what? Holy and blameless. It seems like God took a gamble, right? But he made sure because he gave us free will. It seems like God took a, camp, a gamble that would turn out to be no gamble at all. So in an instant in God, billions of portions of Christ were chosen to be destined, predestined, and to be made holy and blameless in his sight. Are you getting the picture? You're not sitting here because you wanted to. You came here because God was waiting for you this day to hear this. And what you hear today is going to change how you read the word of God, how you see it, how you try to explain it, because it's going to open up your spiritual mind. You want to talk about text and context? If it's not Christ, it's out of context. And it's out of text. So before the foundations or creation, Revelation 13a says, there's two groups here. And all the people of this world worship the beast whose names were not. Oh, God, I need that. <laughs> Here we go, Revelation 13 8. And all the people of this world, of this world, worship the beast whose names were not written in the book of life. That belongs to who? The lamb who was slain before the foundations of the world. Let's talk about that slain, right? Because we, we, we said that the Godhead colluded that billions of portions of Christ would be predestined, chosen, and predetermined to a glorious destiny. But before Christ created, he was slain. By who? The Father. He was slain only once and never again. And if we are and if we are portions of Christ chosen before the earth was created, what does that tell you? That we were crucified with him before there was 
an actual cross, an actual tomb. Before the beginning. Why? Because God worked out our salvation and our redemption plan before we even came to be. You are a portion of Christ. You're not listening to this message because, oh, I just wanted to go to church. No, you, you were chosen already by God. You are a piece of Christ. And though we seem separated, though we seem like we would be separated from Christ, you've always been with him before time. You have been with him before time. There's a part of you that is older than creation. Because when Christ rose, when he was slain by his father, so did we. Never to die again. What did Jesus say to his disciples? Do you believe that you can go from life to life? Does that explain it? You've always belonged to Christ, no matter what you have done, what you do, what you will do. You cannot be convicted by the enemy. Because you are a portion of Christ. Philippians 4.3. Do we have that on the screen? Philippians 4.3. Somebody read your Bible real quick. I try to write as many verses so I get my, my hand up. What does Philippians 4.3 say? Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. This was not just for the early church. We might not understand what they understood and what they experienced. See, th this is the difference between, between them and us. They knew the ultimate revelation. They knew the ultimate revelation. Luke 10, 20 says, Later on, you will understand that I am in my Father, I am in you, and you are in me. Brothers and sisters, before the foundations and the creation of the world, we were chosen by God as portions of Christ to be saved. 
to have a revelation of him and to know who you are. This is another verse he threw out there. Uh, this is, this is when, when Jesus sent out the 12, and they came back celebrating. Lord, the spirits, they, they, they obeyed us. The demons, they obeyed us. And he said, don't rejoice because spirits obey you. Rejoice because your name is written in the book of life. Before Jesus came to the earth and met his disciples, he had already met his disciples just like he met you and me before. Predestined, predetermined, chosen. Names in the book of life. Names in the book of life. You think you're here by mistake? No. You're a, you're a piece of the bride of Christ. Each portion of you make up the, the bride of Christ. And you might tell you, what was the Godhead doing before creation? That they were fellowshipping? Maybe that's exactly what the church needs today. To learn how to fellowship again. Where there is no indifference. Where there is not the pointing of the finger. Where there is not this, oh, well, you know, I don't do that. Or you talk about your brothers and your sisters. Those who were and those who are. No, brothers and sisters, we're equal in the eyes of God. We're all portions of Christ. And each and every one of you has a gift. You know that our gifts are not really demonstrated in a, in a setting like this. It's not. They're not. There are some of you here who have had experiences with Christ throughout your life. And there are some of you who haven't. Not because God doesn't love you. He loves you just as much as he loves the next person. And it's not because of anything you do. Eventually, the verse will come true. Later on, you will understand that I am in my Father, I am in you, and you are in me. He's already chosen to reveal himself to us. And he knows the day you will have the ultimate revelation to you, and that's what we're talking about today, the ultimate revelation. But as good as that sounds, that is not the main point. That is not the main point. There is a point far greater than you think. So here we are. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in agreement with a plan. then, what else do we have? Marked out, chosen, predestined, and predetermined for a marvelous revelation and glory in Christ. So we see the plan, right? Well, let's look more into this plan. Do you guys remember that in the book of Genesis, Adam, remember I told you about types, symbols, and, right? We are types, symbols, and shadows of reality. In Genesis, Adam cried, I am alone. I am alone. God had brought all the animals before him. And you notice that 
everything that came before him that he told them to give a name, they all had a seed. Okay, that's why he, he, he brought four seeds. He said, I am alone. And what did God do? From inside a man, he brought four seeds. You church, you four seeds of Christ were impressed as a bride before the foundations of the earth. And he protects you, he guides you, he loves you, he reveals himself to you. You will stop nothing from the one he loves. But you have not believed that. You cry to the Lord about, why haven't you answered me? Why haven't you done this for me? Do you hear me? But the main point is yet to be revealed today to you. Colossians 1.17 says, Christ is before all things. Say that. Christ is before all things. You may ask, well, if it wasn't God and space around God, God is the all, then where did Christ create? Where did Christ create? Colossians 1.17 gives you that, that answer. Christ is before all things, before all creation. All creation holds together where? Inside him. That's why our God, who worked out our redemption plan, before the redemption plan, before Jesus walked on the earth, he had already done it. Because Christ is not trapped in time and space like us. He is in the beginning and the end and even now at the same time. John Calvin and Arminius did not understand a God outside of time. Calvin said, uh, yeah, uh, those that are written in the book of life, they made it to the end. Revelation chapter 7 with a throng of the redeemed are saying, worthy art thou, worthy art thou. Why Armenia said, uh, no, there was a lot more. There was a lot more, except that they exercised their free will and they lost their salvation. Therefore, two views were pointed out. You know why? Because neither one of them understood Jesus Christ dwelling outside of time. That time run and is, even now, in Christ Jesus. He knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. Therefore, before the beginning, when he chose you and me, he wrote our names in the book of life. Because when God said, let there be, before he said that, we, we were already written in that book. But because we get trapped in time and space, 
we think that our God moves at our pace. Our God is where he's always been. God lives in one eternal day. What does the psalm say? It says, a thousand years is like a day to the Lord, and one day is like a thousand years. Why? Because he lives in one eternal day. He is not trapped like us. Therefore, he sees you at the end. He sees you before the beginning. He sees you now. And as much as you think of yourself with your character defects and falls and sins and think of yourself so little, he says, you know nothing because I see you in the great throng. I predestined you and chose you to be with me there. You were in Christ before. You are in Christ now. And you are with him tomorrow. We got to get out of the concept of the, this is what I do now, so, you know, God is mad at me, you know, he, he, no. Get out of that. Get out for you. It doesn't mean, oh, he said that now we could do whatever we feel like. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. There are consequences for sin. And God already knows the ones that you're going to pick up. But your soul is his. Nobody likes suffering. So just stay away from consequences as much as you can. Because God, does, you know, he forgives us and he loves us, but mm, he brings the consequences. You can lose your body. And you still save your soul. Well, why should you have to suffer twice? Hmm? It's not worth it. We already have enough consequences for the choices we make nowadays. Right? As crazy as this sounds, and it does sound crazy, that is still not the mind of God. There are two words that I, that I use when you, when, when, when you think about the word of God. Paradox and enigma. What I speak to you today is a paradox and an enigma. You might say, what is a paradox? This is the definition. Something such as a situation that is made, that is, that is, that, <coughs> that is, it is made up of two opposite things and seems to be impossible, but is actually true or possible. Like the message I'm bringing you today. It just doesn't seem logical to our finite mind. You just can't see Christ before creation because you're stuck there. What is an enigma? An enigma is a person or thing that is mysterious, puzzling, or difficult to understand, like your God. Huh? Don't put God in your box. Don't limit him to you. We're stuck in a 70-year. Psalm 30 talks about it. 70 years, I give you more. Psalm 90. 
but everything in this life has a beginning and it has an and it has an end. It, the, the earth and creation is locatable. It has a geographical location, but as but as as much as man can get to that, they still can't find the ends of the universe. Nor will they. Because creation is in Christ. And Christ has no end. As I was saying before, before Christ was slain and creation done away with, before him creating it, think about it. If the lamb was slain and God worked out the plan of your redemption for us to be here today, that means that creation was already destroyed before it even came to being. Again, an enigma, a paradox. But when you look through scriptures, you will find that scripture gives you that truth. And so in the end, I'm going to give you guys some scriptures to leave you chewing on what I'm saying today. So you don't think it was a major drop. So as a portion of Christ, as I said before, you are chosen, predestined, and predetermined. Paul wrote, you are a royal priesthood, a royal nation. This was who you were before time. This is who you are today. And this is who you are toward the end and beyond the end. This creation between Genesis 1-1 and Revelation 21-1 reveals to us <coughs> that Christ is the omega of Revelation. He's the alpha, which means beginning. He's not the beginning now and then later on becomes the omega. No, 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 no. He already did this. He revealed this to John. I am the Alpha. I am the beginning, and I am the end, and beyond the end. And until we, as the body of Christ, begin to understand the value, the love that Christ has for you, the songs were sing. the last song, Blessed assurance. Whoop! Isn't that what we're talking about? Blessed assurance. You've been assured before creation that you will be with Christ at the end. There's a lot of people in this world that needs to hear this, and there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of billions of portions of Christ still out there. You can't just come here and sit and watch the movie. And not share that good movie with with the other portions that are out there. We'll let it slide. So here we are. So now you have seen that there has been 
a great deal of activity before creation. A great deal of activity has happened before actually it happens. You know what this you know what this creation has on the back of his neck imprinted? You want to know? Crucified before created. That's what the scripture teaches us. Crucified before it was created. Didn't they tell you Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega? And it was God's plan that the son would have a wife, a bride. There's a, there's a beautiful parable that Jesus talks about when he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet, banquet for his son. Read it when you have time. Remember what I told you. Today, scripture will no longer be to you just a book you read. The door of what is spiritual in the word of God will be open to you. You know how we know? Start in Genesis and see God create everything. Then go and meet uh, Noah or Enoch who walked with God for 300 years and then he took off. Then go to Noah who's building a boat in the middle of nowhere where there's no even water. People are looking at him like he's crazy, right? Telling the people that there's going to be a flood, right? And then the flood comes. Abraham, whom God appears at and calls him a friend and even appears as a like a man with two angels and walks the earth and says, I tell Abraham my plan that to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. The supernatural God who interacts with his people all throughout the history. He's never been far from you. And then meet Gabriel. Mm. The parents of Samson meet Joshua, who the Lord appears to as the captain of the host. No, let me come here as your friend. I came here as the captain. And then see Christ, the true and the true. The very Christ in whom we exist, and who holds the whole universe within himself, he comes and walks here for 33 and a half years to a cross that he had already seen before he was on. Because he was slain before the foundations of the earth, already working out that he would save all the portions because all these portions made up his bride. She can be spirit of his spirit and life of his life. And one day, I believe 1 Corinthians 2, 17 talks about how the union becomes one. And 
this is what Peter says in 2 Peter 3.8. He says, dearly beloved, do not be ignorant of this one thing. That one day with the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. So Christ accomplished everything for us before he created everything. Isn't Christ incredible today so far? Isn't he amazing? It is by his might and power that all creation is held together. Let me tell you about this Christ. And go home and listen to this again. Because it will stop you from thinking about yourself of what you're not. Or making people, making people feel of what they're not. This is the Christ. This Christ is the first. This Christ sits enthroned. This Christ was and is the real lamb. This Christ is reality. This re the reality of all the shadows, types, and symbols. Images and pictures found so abundantly in creation. All creation is but a picture of this Christ. Yet, all that has been said pales in glory of the main point. The main point is incomprehensible. You won't understand it. It is the final supreme fact that drove men like Paul drive you after today. Our glorious Lord, who created all things, this glorious Lord, with all creation in this Lord, who finished all things before he created all things, this Lord, who, who chose you in himself before the foundations of the earth, this Lord, who wrote your name in the book of life, either in the beginning or in the end or in the middle, wherever it was. This Lord who turned the greatest of gambles because of man's free will into no gamble at all. This Christ who was slain before the foundations of creation. This Christ who is the glory of the Father. This Christ who is the all, who will be and is the all, and who is in all. This Christ who is the beginning and the end, simultaneously. This Christ who is above and beyond the future and outside of all space and time. And even eternity, this Christ has a point make a message to bring to you today. The point, the main point of this message to you today, <clears throat> it is a point that you must spend the rest of your life. And you take this lightly. This is up to you. You can shove it all you want. The point above all points. 
This is the message that Christ preached to me today. Christ, as awesome as he is, and everything that you've heard, this Christ lives in you. He lives in you. It was God's will to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery and to make known to you today that this Christ, the Christ, the Christ before creation, the Christ beyond creation, this Christ lives in you. You might have heard that before, but if you don't see Christ dwelling outside of creation, you will continue to struggle in your 70-year dilemma. If you don't see yourself after today, this Christ before, already, you cannot be indicted. Blessed assurance. Right? So upon what is the church of Christ built on? The church is built on a revelation of this Christ. Nothing else. Don't think it's because of what you do. It's what he has already done for us. Today, this has been revealed to you. I know I told you I had some scriptures to give you. But before I give them to you, do you have a low view of yourself? Do you have a low view of yourself? Then look at you. Then look. Then look at you there. In the great throng of Revelation 7, Ephesians, worthy art thou, worthy art thou. Look at you before creation, redeemed by the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. In both places, you are beautiful, you are pure. You are holy. Don't let nobody tell you different. In fact, because you were in Christ, a part of Christ, in the beginning, and in him, you made it to the end. I know this is hard for you to see, but if you believe the word of the Lord today, you are forever pure, honored, and indescribably flawless, perfect, and loved as your Savior. That is what you are because you are always in Christ. 1420. Later on, you will understand, and I pray you do today. Christ is in the Father. We are in Christ. We've all Christ is in you. For you Bible thumpers that want answers to your questions, let's go through 
these verses. Just read them really quick. You can write them, take a picture of them, or whatever you do. In Luke 10.20, Jesus said, Rejoice that your names, your names are written in the other realm, in the spiritual realm, in heaven. In John 6.42, he said, You will see the Son of Man ascending into the other realm, into spiritual, into the spiritual realm. John 8.56, Your father Abraham rejoiced my day and he saw it and was glad John 8:58 I say to you before Abraham was I am to the brothers and sisters in the church of Corinth do not look and even Montclair to the brothers and sisters in Montclair today do not look at the things that you can see all around you But rather look at the things that cannot be seen. The things that you see around you are here, but for a very short time, just like our bodies. But the things you can't see are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.18 You have the hope that is laid up for you in other realms. Colossians 1 5. Christ, the image of the invisible God. All created things were created by Him, both things in the other realm, in heavenly places, and also here on the earth. He created things visible and invisible. Christ created all things, and all things were created for Christ. Colossians 1, 15 to 16. Christ is before all things. Christ is before all created things. All creation holds together in him. This is what I explained to you about Christ not being chapter 2. He is before the beginning, in the beginning, in the middle, and at the end. All at the same time, and he can move back and forth. Oh, yes. That's in Colossians 1.17. There is a mystery which has been hidden to all generations but has now been revealed to you. To you. To God's holy people, not just to any. To God's holy one. The mystery that is the greatest revelation. Christ is in you. Colossians 1.17. The Father has blessed us with every spiritual blessing that is in the other realm, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 3. And here's the most beautiful thing. For our citizenship is in the other realm. <laughs> because you belong to him and you are with him before the beginning, in the beginning, now and forevermore. That's why we can say we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, because God, in his foreseeing, he already sees us as we are. The Bible has the beginning, and it tells you the end. It tells you what's going to happen in between. Pay no 
what's tension is not anybody's fault. If you were hearing from other people, then God is ready to give it to you. And look at what he says. For our citizenship is in the other realm, and there in that realm, we, look at how it says it, that we're already in that realm. Look it, it says we're already in that realm, in that spiritual place. That's why it's so important to pay attention to where you are today. You're not just here. As the Bible says very clearly, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will appear with him. To what? To receive your translated body. Because it's so effective. We were made to be with him and like him. So this is what he says. For our citizenship is in the other realm, and there in that realm we eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will give us a new body. Ha! Hear that? They knew this. Like his. Not just anybody, but a body like his. So that we can live with him in the other realm. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. God promised eternal life to in the age which preceded all ages. What does that mean? Before time, before creation, he promised you and me eternal life. That's it, that, that you find in Titus 1, 2. Creation was made by the speaking of the word of God. The creation that we see is not made out of things visible, but by the word of God. Hebrews 1, 3. You are his bride. You are portions of Christ. Destined to be saved, he has saved. You were always saved. You will always be saved. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Scouts were planted. They studied. It's a little hard because they don't speak on it. You don't hear a lot about this in church. You hear a lot of what you need to do. is know that we are one. We are supposed to be so connected as your own body is with Christ as the head and us operating together. There is no, oh, because I'm a leader or I'm black, that you should feel because you don't do anything yet that you are not as important. Remember what the word of God says, for we are all equal in the eyes of God. So see yourself not only in the now, but see yourself already with him. And live your life starting today knowing that fact are a portion of Christ. Don't let that thought leave you every day when you wake up, before you go to sleep. I'm always going to come to 
what he is, I am not. If Christ is in eternity future, I'm with him there. If Christ is with the now, he's not here. If I was with Christ before the beginning, then I'm here. But in all places, at all times, we are with Christ. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with this. There might be three or four in a family, right? Get together. Get together. Sisters, brothers, find people of this congregation. Don't find your favorite people. Don't find people that relate to you. This is not that. Find people who are just willing to love one another. Where nobody's leading nothing. There is no leader but Christ the head. And come before the Lord and sit quietly before him. As a family, invite friends or sisters, people that you don't even know. Not always the people that you do know. Uh-uh. Anthony mentions it. So that you may know your brothers and sisters. And sit quietly before the Lord. Close your eyes. And think about what you were told today. I am a portion of Christ. And together we are portions of Christ. Destined for great glory with Christ forever. And sit there and soak at it. And when you read the word of God, look at the open spiritual door for you, for your spiritual understanding to see beyond what you physically see. Don't see yourself stuck there. That God has spoken. Jesus saw that to his disciples. The early church did it. Let's do it. Oh, that was a good message. But then nothing happens throughout the week. Shame on you if that's what happens. Let us stand. Praise God. Praise God. And that is usually what it is. If God has spoken to you today and revealed to you today, he, you're so much valuable to him more than you think of yourself or what others might think about you. It doesn't matter. Proverbs says, it is a dangerous thing to be concerned about what others think about you. But if the Lord guides you, you won't be worried about those things. God has revealed something to you today, just raise your hand. God has revealed that he truly lives in you. And that you mean more to him than you will ever understand. And I pray for those. And I want to tell you this. If you guys have questions about these things or want to look deeper into the word of God, we can get together and do that too. I'm not talking a Bible study or anything like that. I'm talking about fellowshipping with Christ in the spirit to learn spiritual things because you're learning spiritual things. Amen? All right, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as I know.
guys don't know I want to take run to the bathroom this way. It always happens. Whew. Thank you, Jesus, as we did it again. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of your precious Son in whom we are found and who we are a part of. We are your bride. Portions of it because your bride is scattered over this planet. Some of our brothers and sisters have gone before us, but they're waiting in that place, eagerly awaiting for you to give them also that new body. We are with you yesterday, before yesterday, before creation, and we are with you to today and in the future because you do not lie. Like Jason sang earlier, one thing you cannot do, Lord, is fail. Another thing you do not do is lie. For God is not a man that he should lie. Father, we love you. We thank you for this revelation. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you will gather our hearts, our minds, and spirits and remove the religion, the formality, the routine, and that we would learn to truly, truly, truly love one another in fellowship. May we never point the finger and no one ever again or judge or condemn anybody on the outside, not knowing if that person is one of your portions too. May the love that you have filled us with, which overflows, should be shown forth to this dying world. I know there are many, 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 many others. Lord, I pray that every single day as we wake up, we will wake up with one thing. I am my Jesus, and my Jesus is mine. That we would have nothing but love, fall in love with the bridegroom, as individuals and as a church. The only thing that we would want to do is be in love with you and with one another. This I pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and the church of God says, Amen. Amen.